Psst. Hey, everybody. This is Joseph and Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey. Hey, Joseph. Um, hey, so it is, uh, it is the 12th today, and um, we are this, – this episode features um, a recording that we did about a week ago. Um, but we want to jump in here real quick to just give you a little bit of a heads up. We had a guest, um, and his headphones crapped out on him, um, so he had to just use the uh, the uh, mic built into his computer. So the, his his um, the quality of his his vocal recording is not ideal. But it's good content, um, and for the most part, most of it is is not too bad. But there were parts that were um, just uh, un unacceptable, like you really couldn't hear what was going on. So we had to cut them out. So um, s there are going to be sections of this episode um, that may sound a little um, cut up or abrupt or jarring and that's not a reflection of our guest um it is a reflection no, no, no. of the 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 kind of crappy audio quality that we we had to deal with and um and i had to do some creative editing so uh <laughs> please bear with us it's a yeah. great episode right Right, stick, no, stick with it. Yeah, definitely stick with it. Listen to it. We had such a good time, and uh, I talked with our guest. I talked with our guest afterwards, and he was he was elated. He said he had such a wonderful time yeah. hanging out with us and chatting with us about music. So yeah. you guys definitely need to hear this. Yeah, and um, uh, you will hear from real time Rob and I at the end of this episode. We'll pop back in. And just just give you a little bit more um, information about submitting your list because uh, the deadline is coming up real quick. We really want um, to get your top five favorite punk and new wave albums of uh, 1978. Okay, here we go. Hey, everybody. I'm Joseph. And I'm Rob. Uh, welcome to another bonus track. Yeah. Rob? <laughs> Exciting, huh? Another bonus track. Um, yeah, one of one of the last, well, pro well the I think last? this is officially the last bonus track of this season. Yeah, wow. Can you believe that? A whole other season. Yeah, yeah. Another one in the bag, practically. Practically. We're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> Home stretch. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to do this episode? We're just going to chit-chat about this and that, right? Pretty much, I think, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about several things going on throughout the year, but uh, before we get in that, can we just play some music first? Can we start with some music? I, I absolutely think that we should. Okay, cool. Well, the, you know, there's a lot going around uh, about, the, about the Sparks because of this movie, and uh, I think we should play some Sparks. How about Ugly Guys with Beautiful Girls? They walk down the street arm in arm. 
I see them and once again feel the need to ask myself the question. The question that has weighed heavily on me of late. How is it possible that a guy and a girl so dissimilar in physical appearance, there being such a disparity in how attractive each is, but nonetheless, in what would appear to be a relationship? Eating John was smoking I am not familiar with um, Sparks's full catalog, but what I am familiar with of this is my favorite. This is my favorite Sparks song that I'm aware of. It's off of an album that they released um, sometime in the in the aughts. Uh, called Little Beethoven. Uh, Rob, are you familiar with that album? I'm not, no. I was totally brand oh. new to this song. I mean, I've yeah. known some ugly guys and some beautiful girls, but I've never heard the song before. <laughs> well, um, at some point, of course, we're going to be doing a deep dive on Sparks, and so we will, we will definitely get a chance to fully examine that album, which is, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we're playing that song because we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the the two films oh, of yeah. Sparks. I, yeah. I've got a chance now to have seen them both in some fashion. And uh, so we will, uh, that's a little teaser of what's to come up. Um, so we got a lot to cover, but before we do anything, I just want to remind everybody that... Um, we are talking about music. Music is art, and there is nothing more subjective than art. So this is an opinion show. We will be giving our opinion, but we always try to be mindful not to get too opinionated because ultimately we are here to celebrate this extraordinary music made at a in a pretty unique period in time. So with that, we have a special little surprise. Um, we like to we like to spruce things up and do something a little bit different uh, in these bonus track episodes. So what do we what do you got up your sleeve this time, Rob? Uh, well, I invited a good friend of mine, somebody you've known for quite a while as well. Uh, it's my good friend Pete, and Pete is in. In my mind, he's damn near a connoisseur in music. I mean, the guy knows a lot of music, and he's listened to a lot of music, and he's even introduced me to a lot of music. So he's been uh, listening to our podcast, and he has uh, he has a list together. He's got his top five together. So I think we're going to be going over that throughout the episode. Um, if I might introduce him, uh, Joseph, Pete, uh, everybody else, this is Pete. Hey, Pete. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> well, How you doing? Welcome, Pete. This is... This is literally the first time that you and I have spoken in uh, over 20 years. So, so this is exciting uh, that you're joining us because um, you are, as far as I know, my understanding is that you, this music that Rob and I, you know, kind of discovered retroactively. Um, you were you were experiencing in real time, is that right? Yes, sir. That is correct. Um, I got a 
a good dose of it in 1978. I was, uh, it was quite the year, actually, uh, for both music and myself. Um, it was my first full year of high school. And uh, you know, I got out of the sheltered life of uh, soul, jazz, blues, classic rock in, in Oakland, California, and uh, discovered this already flourishing music scene that hit me like a freight train. And where, where were you living? I was living in Oakland in Berkeley Aha, at the time. Great. I was back and forth in between there. I was uh, on both sides of Highway 24 there. And, and um, you know, it was, uh, I spent a lot, a lot of time in the record stores there on Telegraph Avenue, you know, uh, Leopold's and uh, Rasputin's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was still pretty insulated from the scene and really didn't get exposed to it until a coworker of mine was working at this uh, little coffee shop in, on Kittredge Avenue in Berkeley. Um, you know, he introduced me to Iggy Pop and, you know, Devo. Yeah. And, um, you know, from there it was all downhill. Um, you know, there, there are some great bands and albums that I love uh, that are somewhat obscure from that time. But uh, the ones I'm flagging here are pretty well known and accessible, and I'm uh, picking them as how I discovered them uh, in that year as a 19-year-old. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Anyway, so it was, uh, it was really an interesting time of my life, and uh, I'm really grateful that I was actually uh, at that age during that time because my whole world was just turning into Technicolor as far as music goes. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So um, I, I know this is an unfair question, but if, if you had to pick a favorite uh, punk or new wave band from, from that period, um, just like now, not, I mean, I, well, you can say whatever you want, but I, I'm kind of curious as far as like, what's your favorite now so many years later uh what's what holds up for you and what do you go back to and listen to to this day uh in terms of number one i mean that i still listen to this day on a well, fairly consistent basis um uh, i i haven't gonna have to say it's the talking heads Talking heads, yeah. yes. Talking yeah, heads. well, yeah. that's, that's, that's a, that's, you're you're a man after my own heart. Yeah, because <laughs> talking talking heads is my number one all time. Is that right? Band. yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. So, um, I think in um, celebration of how completely and totally awesome the talking heads are, I think we should. And to celebrate the fact that Pete is here, let's yeah. listen to a Talking Heads song. Pete, this, of course, is is uh, your choice. Uh, do you have a favorite? Um, hopefully not super obvious. Do you, do, do you have, like, a favorite, more obscure track of theirs from, from any period in their, their career? Remain in Light came out as uh, one of the most... Uh, well, I don't know. Revolutionary is appropriate, but certainly it was a. It was a. Yeah. It seemed like it was a concept album. That yeah. um, that was really. I mean, it, it incorporated you know African indigenous you know rhythms and uh, just. It was they they kind of branched out. And I mean, I think they were remain and or not. Um, Fear of music was kind of a transfer from an, an old sound that they had, like they had you know. Yeah. their 78 album 
to a more, uh, you know, uh, multi-rhythmic, um, yeah. uh, African rhythmic sound. And, and uh, so I got to say that uh, there is a combination of the, the African rhythms in The Great Curve, okay, which is a song, a song, which is actually my favorite song on that album. Sometimes the world has a load of questions. Seems like the world knows nothing at all. The world is near, but it's out of reach. Some people touch it, but they can't hold on. She, she is moving to describe the world. She is this message. This was produced by Brian Eno, right? Yeah, uh, no surprises. It's got it's got his fingerprints all totally, over totally. it. Totally, <laughs> totally, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's it's a good choice. I'm a huge fan of the Talking Heads as well as you as you Joseph know, and probably Pete as well. But uh, I'm yeah. really glad that you picked this album, man. Thanks a lot. So, going into that, um, how about we uh, talk about Pete's number five? pretty much the whole insidious um, motivations for this episode is to get everybody to go and submit their uh, top five favorite albums of 1978. And um, in celebration of that and to inspire people, um, we have asked Pete to come prepared to reveal his list of uh, top five albums from 1978. So throughout this episode, he is going to um, reveal ever so slowly what those are. Number five. Uh, that would be The Cars. Very good. Aha. <laughs> nice. Yes. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Can't, can't fault you for that. That would be The Cars. And, uh, you know, the first time... You know, I heard a song on this album. It was just what I needed. Uh, it was on the radio. And, uh, you know, actually, I, th I thought it was weird. And actually kind of stupid. I used to make fun of it, actually, with uh, some of my friends. <laughs> but then later, I heard the rest of the album, and the whole thing just started growing on me. And I, and I began to develop this really deep respect for this band. You know, I began, you know, to perceive the subtle intelligence, you know, uh, you know, quote, here she comes again, uh, you know, of the arrangement, uh, you know, of my best friend's girl. And, um, and then the low key groove of, you know, I'm in touch with your world and uh, bye bye love. So um, what is, what is your favorite song off of this album? Well, I'm, I'm glad you're asking because I was just going to say that, you know, the song that really just grabbed my imagination was Moving in Stereo. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, yes. There, there's something too. about the slow buildup of that song that made me want to play it over and over and over again. You know, yeah. I, you know maybe it's the line that's, you know, it's all, all inside you, you know, that grabbed me. It's 
we did our our segment on the cars, uh, Moving in Stereo was one of my favorites too on that album. I mean, pretty much the whole album, with the exception of maybe one tune, was you know very notable for me. So, uh, yeah, good pick on that. It's funny when you say that that album was just what you needed because just what I needed, I think, was the song I picked when we did our segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. So. Uh... Pete's number five. What will his number four be? Well, um, we're going to have to wait to find out as we talk about other stuff uh, to fill the time. Suspense so is killing me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me really too. Is. This, is, this, is, this is the first official list um, being submitted to us yeah. for, um, for the final list. So the, you know... Start pull out your scorecards, everybody, because uh, the game is afoot. Yeah. Uh, so, Rob, let's talk a little bit about Elvis Costello. Oh, so, okay. a little while ago, mm-hmm. we talked about um, the album that he released, uh, the Spanish version of um, this year's model. Right. And right. I, um, I fear that I sort of misrepresented him a little bit. Um, so I want to clarify that, get it on record that I'm acknowledging that I, I slightly um, misquoted him mm-hmm. uh, so that he doesn't send his goons over to, uh, you know, to break my legs or something. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> So uh, I I quoted him as saying that r- rock and roll only sounds good in English and Spanish. Yeah. Um, and after we released that episode, I started second guessing myself. So I went back to the um, back to the original interview, and it's not quite what he said. Um, and so what he said was, and this is a quote, he said, Nick Lowe said a pretty smart thing. <laughs> and then okay. and then he stated rock and roll only sounds good in, in Spanish or English okay. Um, okay. or something very, very close <laughs> yeah. to that. So he, he heavily implied that he agreed with them, but he didn't flat out say this is what I believe. I see. I need to be a little bit more mindful about not being reckless in my misquoting. Yeah, so yeah. Well, that, so there that, we go. That just ruins a whole bunch of jokes that I have now. I mean, I've got, I've got <laughs> jokes about Nick Lowe, so we can go on with those, but, but the Elvis Costello bits are trash now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Rob, you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Uh, something that um, was sent to you recently. Yeah. Um, so, what well, was great because around you know it was before Halloween, but a, a friend of mine sent a, a gift, and it is a <laughs> Kate Bush spirit board, and. Uh, it it's it's wonderful. like a like a Ouija board. like a Ouija board yeah but it's got a, a drawing of Kate Bush on it and it has various sayings around uh, around the board uh, you know hello goodbye get out of my house um, and uh, yeah g- g- get out of my house being the the operative one yeah, exactly so um, but the the really cool thing is that he 
on a lark just made a bunch of these Kate Bush spirit boards and they have been like people are going crazy for them um and and I just kind of wanted to share them with you guys because this this is you know it's kind of part of what we're talking about right so uh I'll, I'll post a picture on on instagram and on facebook of the spirit board um but it's really cool you guys should check it out and you should check him out um really cool guy david hasbrook he's got the uh shadow circus creature theater um and uh, basically like what yeah basically what he does is he makes puppets and then um makes films with these puppets and they go to they go to they go to different uh you know, film festivals. Um, he has taken his uh, puppet show to like the uh, Edwardian Ball, and he's he's it. He, he's got some really good stuff. Okay, so so Rob, you you're leaving us hanging here. Yeah. The 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 number one operative question is: yep. Have you taken your Kate Bush Ouija board out for a spin? Yeah, man. Are you kidding? I channeled yeah. Kate Bush right away. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. How does that work? <laughs> you know, it's all about the magic, dude. It's all about the magic. She doesn't have to be okay. dead. Her spirit just has to be with you. That's all. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, check it, check him out. Uh, Shadow Shadow Circus Creature Theater, and his name is David Hasbrook. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And like I said, well, I'll, I'll post a picture in, in Instagram and, and Facebook for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know me, I'm a huge Kate Bush fan, yeah. so I will never let an opportunity go by with where uh, where I can play a Kate Bush song. Here, here. So uh, I think we need to do that. Um, we have heard Get Out of My House uh -huh. before, yep. so I thought it, it might be nice to listen to something we haven't heard from her. So how about we uh, listen to a little bit of um, another song off of the same album, The Dreaming, one of my all-time favorite albums, called Sat in Your Lap. Nice. I see the people working and see it working for them and still I went to dreaming but then I find it Why don't we uh, Why don't we talk about your number four, Pete? What's that? The nineteen seventies were, you know, a formative time in my life. But um, I have an older sister who actually turned me on to Bob Marley when I was seventeen. Um, but fusing, you know, reggae with a hard punch of new wave. Well, uh, Outlandos de Amor. You know, when I first. <laughs> When I first mm, encountered police. that, yes, the police. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I never heard a sound like that until, you know, 1978. And, and, and anyway, who calls themselves the police? But anyway, but, you know, you know, here's another album in which every song got regular airplay on the college radio stations in the Bay Area in those days, right? And, um, but 
you know, they had, you know, a real, I mean, just a distinct class that I, I never really saw before that. It was, just, I mean, I don't yeah. know, they, they were so tight and, and the bass, I don't know, the bass was, um, you know, just um, really skillful. You know, I, I, there's, a, there's a song on their Masoko Tanga. Uh, that mm -hmm. was probably my favorite yeah. song on that album, and um, you know, it had a touch of you know dancehall reggae in it that really lit something up in my brain. And uh, I can't listen to that song without getting up and dancing. I, it's one of my favorites too. Yeah. Talk about what a tight band they are. I mean, that as a debut album, man, amazing. Um, and and you know, technically, it's just a beautiful, beautiful album. So, okay, so uh, let's move on to at the t very top. We listened to uh, an awesome Spark song. Uh, the reason why we did that is because um, I got a chance to see the Sparks documentary called The Sparks Brothers. Have either of you had a chance to see this yet? It is now mm. on... No. Uh, I don't know. It's on Netflix or, or Amazon Prime or Hulu, one of those three. Um, and I got a chance to watch it finally, and I'd love to talk about it. Doesn't sound like either of you have seen it yet, though. Nope. No. Nope. Sure have yeah, well, uh, guess what? It's pretty good. It's oh, a nice. it's a pretty okay. straightforward documentary about Sparks, and so if you're interested in Sparks or want to learn more, um, this is this is for you. So it was, um, you you know, it it's uh, written and directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, you know, who did Shaun of the Dead and, and all mm -hmm. of those movies. So I was expecting something maybe a little bit more unusual and inventive, but this is just a really solid, straightforward documentary about the career of Sparks. And so if you want to learn about them, uh, this is this is perfect. I learned a ton. <laughs> I, cool. um, like, for instance... They are not an English band. I always just assumed they were an English band. You know, uh, Rob, they actually grew up very, very close to where you grew up in the Sacramento area. Really? So yeah. So they are a California band. Now, now by the by the time they started, you know, releasing albums, I think they had moved down to Southern California. But mm -hmm. they, um, but they were much bigger in the uk before they got any traction here in the united states yeah, so they they spent found. the first 
several years of their career uh, with great success in the UK completely ignored here. So, um, I highly recommend it. It's I'm going to check it out. I am yeah. checking it out. Yeah, very edifying. Um, do do either of you watch The Simpsons anymore? No. I, I have not watched The Simpsons in probably about 20 years. Yeah. Yes. I think I we're all... They were in still I think the last right. time I saw The Simpsons was the last time I saw you, Joseph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um... I think we're all on the same boat. Uh, every, I don't know, probably every five years, I just, it occurs to me like, oh yeah, the Simpsons, they're still around. I should go check out an episode or two. So I did that um, recently in the last couple of months. I checked out the, the most recent um, episode or two that was released at the time. And they did a pretty good takedown of Morrissey, which I just want to point uh, point out. I have no idea what uh, when it was. It's uh, an episode that was released this season, this current season. Um, it's probably still on Hulu, and I don't know what the episode name is, but it was pretty funny um and uh they uh, they had uh, a character who was obviously um lampooning morrissey and his big hit was a song called everybody's horrid except for me and possibly you which I was like <laughs> so on point that yeah. is on point that's perfect <laughs> bullseye yeah yeah <laughs> so Little giggle there. I thought I'd share it with everybody. Um, so, Pete, tell us about your number three pick of 1978. Oh, number three. Well, Joseph, I think you might like this one a little better. Um, parallel lines. Um, nice. <laughs> right? Anyway. Um, I'm happy with it. <laughs> yeah. Rob's a, Rob's a much bigger fan of Blondie than I am. Yeah, I gotta say that there's really no song on this album I don't like. Um, uh, but I gotta say that uh, I know, but I don't know, is my favorite. And don't ask me why, because the title of that song would be my answer. You don't know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this is this this song was the big surprise for me when we went back and visited this album for, cause you know, the, our very first deep dive was on Blondie. Yes. And, um, and I think both Rob and I zeroed in on, on this song. Um, to me, because uh, the, the reason why it appeals to me so much is it's got like really sort of like big Oingo Boingo vibes. Yeah. Even though Oingo Boingo yeah. didn't exist at the time. Right. Um, but that's that's what appealed to me so much about it. Um, so I am happy to hear that song again.
You have no idea how happy I am to hear that this is one of your favorite albums in 1978. <laughs> really? Um, I am a big Blondie fan. Yeah, I am a big Blondie fan. And uh, I honestly feel like, uh, you know, they need a little more love. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. Yes. Now, this, this, this album is, is basically, I mean, there are so many hits on this album, it's hard to miss, you know? I mean, yeah. so many, so many like really big songs. It's just, it's a good album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, Rob and I have a, a gentleman's disagreement about this album and Blondie in general. Um, whereas to me, uh, Blondie's greatness sort of ends with their big hits. So I don't, I don't find them consi- consistent enough to be sort of like a go-to album. Um, band, but I, you know, the Blondie's greatest hits is one of the greatest new wave albums of all time, for sure, hands down. You cannot have <laughs> a a new wave playlist without, you know, a dozen Blondie songs. But that's that's kind of where my love for them stops. I like it. That's a good honest appraisal. So, Rob, uh, you and I have talked in the past about a, um, a new podcast that I stumbled across recently um, okay, yeah, yeah. called yeah. Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave right. podcast. So I, I wanted to bring it up again um, uh, just because I'm just I'm so excited that these guys are doing this. Now, it sounds like um, I'm trying to promote some buds but we we actually we don't know each other at all we've never been in contact i i'm just they they are providing a a much needed service which is they are uh they have a podcast where they talk about recent releases from old favorite um new wave bands because uh i i think I'm assuming this is true for the two of you as well, but you know, for me, once you get past, once you get into the late '80s, a lot of these bands I just stopped keeping track of. You forget about um, them. Yeah, Yeah. so it's it's really nice to (laughs) to to be able to go somewhere and hear um, music and and get back up to speed about the fact that these old favorite bands are still releasing new content. Um, So they, they have uh, uh, several episodes out now. The, the very first one was OMD. Since then they've talked about English beat ocean blue and Gary Newman and Danny Elfman. Um, So I, you know, any, anyone who, who listens to this podcast on a regular basis. I, I, I think that this is going to be right up your alley. Uh, this podcast, uh, I, I just want to, um, throw as much, uh, attention and love their way as possible because, um, because they're, they're doing something really great and, and I really appreciate it. That's really cool. I want to say that I have heard some of Danny Elfman's recent music, and it is tremendous. Like he, 
I don't know where he gets that energy, man. He's, he's an amazing he's, composer. He's a, he yeah, really is. He is. He is, yeah. an, he is, he but, is but, astonishing. I mean, whenever everything I've heard about it from him is just floored me. His yeah. his new stuff is just is just. I haven't heard amazing. his new stuff yet. Yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, well, Rob, you and I have talked in the past about a couple of singles that he released, but I di I was not aware that he released a full album. This is I like no, I don't think it's it hasn't come out songs. yet. From what I understand, no, no yeah. it's yeah. it's out. It oh, it is, is it? out. Yeah, okay. they they talked about it on one of their episodes. I went. It's on Spotify. Eighteen Ooh, nice. songs, okay. um, and it's um, you know. Me being an Oingo Boingo lover, uh, you know, really, really attracted to the very early stuff. Um, mm -hmm. This is the stuff that sounds like Oingo Boingo at all is more like Boingo, which yeah, their later stuff, which exactly. you, which is right up your alley, and oh, I like it. Album. But it's uh, you know, I need to set aside some time and like really listen to it because I just kind of skimming through it it wasn't engaging me quite as much as I had hoped um, but uh, but 18 songs I mean the guy has his like an endless well of of uh, ideas and creativity yeah. and energy and his voice sounds great so he does a couple of very, very radical revamping of um, uh, earlier Oingo Boingo songs. So I thought it would be fun to listen to one of those. Uh, listen to Danny Elfman's 2021 version of Insects. Insects in my hair, tiny insects everywhere, tiny insects in my pants, watching insects make romance, insects make me, make me want to dance, dance, baby. say this it starts out and i'm thinking it's going to be pretty damn dark but then once he starts singing about insects making him want to dance i, I just i had to laugh you know it's, yeah yeah it's it's cool the guy's yeah. really creative yeah and the sound is i mean it's definitely new but it's really cool yeah well he here's a guy who who just burrows into his studio in you know Emerge, emerges three days later with some something crazy like what we just heard. Um, I, you know, I am not a huge fan of cover tunes, but Danny Elfman gets a pass <laughs> for sure. He's, cover, he's covering his own. Well, that yeah. song is just. It's yeah. Just, it doesn't it's, even sound like the old one, you know. It, it, it's. Wild. Yeah, it, it is exactly what a cover song should should be like. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is uh, referential to the original, so it, it's not being disrespectful. I mean, obviously, it's his own song, uh, yeah. but yet 
there is a point to this new version. It's doing a whole new thing and coming in on a, in a whole new way. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that was sweet. I'm, I'm, I've got a new album to pick up. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a new album to pick up. Yeah, 18 songs. Woo. Nice. Crazy. Okay, Pete. Number two on your list of favorite punk and new wave albums of 1978. Are we not men? Uh, ah. We are yeah, Devo. Very good. Okay. <laughs> so you, you probably benefited from experiencing this album in real time. Exactly. Um, my, I've always been a little puzzled about the uh, accolades that this album gets. I, I like it, but I don't love it. But um, I'm really curious to hear, hear your perspective on it. Okay. Is it, 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 is it your favorite Devo album? Yeah, I, I'm going to have to say it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I, I talk to my son about this, too, um, often, because there's certain bands he's not crazy about. And he's looking at it through the lens of current times. And one of the things is that at the time, in 1978, you know, this is, um, it was a pretty radical album just in terms of the sound that came out and and how it you know conveyed you know that it had that uh hype you know that that beat to it that was pretty high energy that you know that you know you'd hear in punk and new wave but it was like one of the you know it was a simultaneously familiar and total totally alien album to me yeah and you know, although satisfaction on that album, you know, will go down with me as a revolution, as revolutionary. I mean, just in terms of how it took the Stones version, you know, and just completely did this, you know, Akron, Ohio, you know, industrial. <laughs> um, I mean, it was just a, a totally different um, sound to me. Yeah, and it'll forever be superior to the Stones version, in my opinion. And but you know, yeah. you know, right. you know, but there was something about the rhythm arrangement of "Praying Hands" to me that really drew me in uh, as my favorite song on that album. about Pete's list here because he he's pretty on top of it. I mean his his picks are pretty close to my picks in in not necessarily the top 5 list, but you know Praying Hands was a song that I picked back when we did our deep dive on uh, on on Devo. This it, I I love this band and I I think it's what happens when you take some brilliant minds and you hand them musical instruments, you know. It's uh 
I just think it's a, a mind-bending album. So, good pick, man. Good job. Cool. Uh, I think we have time to talk about another podcast. Um, I, as Rob, as you know, I'm a I'm a big podcast listener, and um, I, you know, we get for this podcast we get reviews and uh most of the reviews are are very positive and generous and some of them not so much and um you know uh some some of those negative reviews the 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 people just they want us to be a different type of podcast they want you know they want us to be more scholars and to be be heavily researched and be just all about facts about the bands and the music, which is not really what we do so much. Um, so I want to call out one of my favorite um, uh, music podcasts, which is like totally does that is, is exactly the kind of the kind of podcast that those, those people are looking for. Uh, it's a podcast called um, The Hit Parade. Have Have either of you ever listened to this podcast? No, I haven't. Me neither. Okay, well, it is you know it is done by a scholar, and this is his, this is his day job, and it is heavily it is meticulously researched, very dense in in um, facts, and. Um, quite compelling now it is it focuses on top 40 american top 40 for the most part so i've been listening to it for a long time and they just finally last month got around to doing a episode about punk because you know not a lot of overlap between american top 40 and punk rock music at least not until you get into the late 90s early aughts with it with e the emo bands and and all of that um so we had uh, a listener uh comment on facebook about this episode um and he he expressed his um his appreciation for it and i was pleased to see that because i really appreciated it as well and i want to recommend it to everybody i mean overall it's a great podcast but there are a lot of episodes that are like about britney uh, Britney Spears and Whitney Houston and, you know, all of that. And I can kind of, some of those episodes I like because I learned stuff that I just never bothered to, you know, learn much about Britney Spears. So it was kind of intellectually edifying for me. Uh, but they finally, finally getting around to talk about uh, punk and they go deep. So they, they talk about the seventies and eighties punk uh, because how, how it influenced the stuff that become became much bigger as far as radio presence in the U S um, in the late nineties and early aughts. So I just wanted to bring that to uh, um, everyone's attention because it is a, a podcast that I uh, was one of my favorites. Rob, you should check it out sometime. 
I'm I'm going to especially the Britney Spears and Whitney Houston episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> no, I I'm stoked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So the the episode that I'm referring to is called um, "I Write Sins, Not Tragedies." Oh, okay. And and I actually nice. learned a lot about the the emo punk um, scene in the aughts because by that time I. I had just completely checked out, so yeah, so this was yeah. pretty edifying for me. I still listen to some of those bands, though. It's it's you know there's some good stuff in there. The Fix, um, we because we're talking about 1978, we haven't talked about The Fix yet, uh, but we will soon. And they were they were one of my very favorite. Uh, new wave bands at the time with their first several albums they're still around they have a new single out and I thought it might be fun to listen to that it's um, a song called Wake Up Baby it's time to wake up Baby it's time Round here, need a shaker. Maybe this time we grew. All around the sleepy town, curtains drawn, all is down. We didn't see the shadows creep. blown away by this uh, new Fix music uh, because part of it sounds like the Fix held up like they're still good at what they're doing and it, it sounds like it could belong in you know like the 70s late 70s early 80s at the same time it sounds brand new I don't know how that works but but it's good yeah it's so good yeah well one of my very favorite new wave albums was um their very first album shuttered room that was a uh-huh. that was an album that that really had an impact on me um as a kid and um there there so i've always kept a close eye on the fix and there was a long period into the 90s and beyond where everything just felt completely flat to me mm-hmm. um so when i when i came across this song and listened to it i was really very pleasantly surprised i think this is a pretty solid song um, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's solid. It's kind of dark and moody, even. Yeah, I, I like yeah, that. yeah. And you know, much, much more exciting than I've heard um, coming out of the Fix uh, for a long time. I mean, the Fix yeah. never—they never really went away. They've been kind of tur- touring nonstop, like forever. They're just—they're just the Energizer Bunny, you know. Well, who would have known? Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here we go. We get to talk about Pete's number one album of 1978 as far as punk and new wave goes. I, I think you dropped a little little hint there a little earlier, Pete, so I, I think I know what you're going to say, but I might be wrong. I doubt very much that you're wrong there, Joseph. 
Um, okay. <laughs> now, um, now, all through the 80s, Talking Heads were probably the band that I consider the supreme new wave band ever. Yeah. But I didn't discover them when 77 came out. Um, it was 1978 that uh, that co-worker I, I, I knew uh, first um, who turned me on to more songs about buildings and food. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was their second album, you know, to which I was first exposed. And in my humble opinion, it qualifies as the icon of the genre for me. Nice. Um, now, with Brian Eno's involvement as producer, you know, how could it go wrong? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you know the, the very first song I'd ever heard from Talking Heads was out of that, um, that album. And uh, it was, you know, thank you for sending me an angel. And it had the energy and quirkiness of Devo, you know, but there was more drive to it. There was this, this hammering drive to it that I, that I, uh, I just really dug it. Um, you know, found a job. You know, it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, t- and t- tell a story that's just one of those songs that makes me want to just dance to, you know. And, uh, I'm not in love. Drops into this crazy ass jam, combined with this astonishing vocal arrangement. And <clears throat> you know, you can't leave out uh, Al Green's classic "Take Me to the River." Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Well, you know, David Byrne seems to have honored really well. Yeah, yeah. I I, I agree. I think this is uh, another excellent example of a, a cover song done exactly right. Um, so okay, so that's that's a lot of songs. So I know. Uh, which one which one do you want to feature tonight? Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, that one first song I ever heard that band ever play was thank you thank you for sending me an angel. on both mine and Joseph's top 10 bands, uh, top 10 punk and new wave bands lists. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of cool to see that Pete's got it too. You know what I'm thinking though? You are really into anything Brian Eno does because, you know, we, we've, we've heard from a couple of, uh, albums that he's produced on, on, on tonight's episode. He did Devo, um, you know, are we not men? And, and this one, and God, maybe even one other, I just can't think of it right now, but, um, you know, you did make the the comment that whatever he touches is, you know, is good. And uh, 
this is definitely an example. It's a good, good album. Thanks. That's a, good, that's a great observation, Rob. Okay, so we now have Pete's uh, top five, the first official submission for um, the end of season two of this podcast. Can you recap that for us, Pete, as far as your, your top five list? Absolutely. Um, number five, The Cars. Number four, Outlandos de Amor. Number three, Parallel Lines. Number two, Are We Not Men? We Are Devo. And number one, More Songs About Buildings and Food. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's uh, a hard list to dispute. Um, they're, all, they're all kind of stone-cold classics, aren't they? <laughs> but I can, I can almost guarantee that every single one of those bands is going to end up on a top five list other than your own. It's, and there may even be a couple other listeners that have all those on their top five. I mean, that's, that's a really good lineup. You could have 20 different versions of a top five list from 1978, um, which would be hard to dispute. I mean, there are so many great albums out. It was an incredible uh, year. This year. Incredible yeah, year. I, I, am, I am so jealous that you got to experience it uh, in real time. Yeah, um, it was an experience. It, it, it totally. must, have been, must have been amazing. Quite the thing, man, on the street. So the the gauntlet has been what? What do we do for gauntlets? The gauntlets has been we thrown. Drop them. We dropped yeah. them. We dropped the gauntlet them. has been dropped. You cast the gauntlet down. Okay. There you go. Yes, let's cast it down. Everybody else within the sound of my voice is um has been tasked with submitting a top five list of their own and. How can people get that list to us, Rob? So I know that people like to go on Instagram and talk to us there, but don't send it there, definitely. Send it to Facebook, um, Deep Dives and Deep Cuts on Facebook, or you can even email it to us at deepdives.deepcuts at gmail.com. We will take it there. Uh, we just don't want to get mixed up with too many sources or too many ways to get these things, and we don't want to miss anybody. So, yeah, yeah. This, um, is, this is definitely not a, oh, we like... Facebook more than than Instagram is just m the majority of the activity that we get from our audience is on Facebook and um, I I'm just worried that if it's there's too many different ways to submit it that a list is going to fall through the cracks. Yeah, we don't so, want to miss anybody. It, so there is a post up on our Facebook page um, uh, soliciting your vote, so you can either just plop your list, your top five list into the comments, or if you're a little shy about making your preferences public, you can uh, just IM us through Facebook, or of course you can send us an email. Well, Pete, I, this, is, this has been um, fun and edifying and kind of gratifying to catch up uh, after 20 years. And um, hopefully this won't be the last time we hear from you uh, down the road. Um, you're not, you're, you're not a, uh, um, a podcaster yourself. Do you have anything to promote? Or 
or are you just here for the fun of it? <laughs> Honestly, Joseph, you know, I'm just here for the fun of it. Okay. It's, it's great to, be, to actually talk to you for the first time in 20 years. And, and you know, it's just been a great experience. I really, this is my first experience podcasting. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, um, I really have nothing to promote except, um, you know, this is a great uh, podcast in my opinion. But then again, like you were saying earlier, uh, this is really subjective. Yeah. So, yep. so, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. Nope. I mean, nope. It's all about uh, subjective, you know, opinion. So. So uh, there, by the time this episode drops, there's really only going to be a few days left to submit your list. So hopefully by now you have already done it. But this is just a last minute reminder. You gotta, you gotta get it in. Um, and so please, please do that. Uh, we cannot wait to see uh, what your personal top five is. Absolutely. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I actually, I'm looking forward to hearing everybody's list, but yours, especially Joseph. Well, um, Rob, we only have to wait a week for it because next That's week true. is part one of our, um, uh, season finale where you and I reveal our, our top 10 lists. And then the following week will be part two where we reveal the final top 10 list for 1978 and then the week after that rob and i will go and collapse and sleep for a week (laughs) absolutely this has been great yeah Yeah. (laughs) thank you thank you so much for um for joining us, Pete, you've, you brought a whole new perspective, a, a new energy to this. That's what makes these uh, bonus tracks so much fun because it's like a different thing every time. Um, really great to hear, you know, boots on the ground stories. Um, I really appreciate it. Pleasure was mine, Joseph. I want to thank you, brother, for being in here, man. It was, it was, uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I got to just say to both of you that uh, it was an honor to be here, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Rob, have you finalized your list? Um, I finalized it two or three times. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. It's one of those. Yeah. I, I, uh, the bottom three, I haven't quite figured out the order. But I'm about ready to finalize. I'm just going to spend the next week just li- nonstop listening to, you know, my picks in the order to make sure that I got it right. But um, I, I think I'm about ready. So um, oh, very good. I'll talk to you next week. Um, we'll talk to everybody next week. And please, please, please do submit your lists before it's too late. You wouldn't want to be too late. That, that would be bad. Fashionably late is not a thing when it comes to lists on podcasts. <laughs> no bueno. <laughs> okay, everybody. Right. Talk to you next week. We'll see ya.
so there we have it um we do need to to remind you guys there's just a couple more days to get your uh to get your top five list in so get those lists ready get them out there we want to hear from you we want to know what your top five favorite punk and new wave bands for 1978 are so um joseph uh you've got a list of uh of of albums yeah just want to remind everybody um of all of the albums that we've identified as punk and new wave uh, albums released in 1978 so here's the quick list once again 999's debut album 999 separates also by 999 crossing the red sea with the adverts by the adverts the image is cracked by alternative tv parallel lines by blondie Plastic Letters by Blondie, A Tonic for the Troops by Boomtown Rats, Alternative Chartbusters by The Boys, Another Music in a Different Kitchen by the by Buzzcocks, Love Bites by Buv- Buzzcocks, The Cars' debut album, The uh, Give Em Enough Rope by The Clash, The Feeding of the 5000 by Crass, uh, We Have Come for Your Children by The Dead Boys, are We Not Men, We Are Devo by Devo, The Incredible Shrinking Dickies by The Dickies, Blood Brothers by The Dictators, This Year's Model by Elvis Costello and the, the Attractions, Flash in the Pan by Flash in the Pan, Waikiki Beach Refugees by The Flies, Generation X by Generation X, Back to 78 by Gruppo Sportivo, All Mods Con by The Jam, Adolescent Sex, and Obscure Alternatives, both by Japan. Disguise in Love by John Cooper Clark. Uh, also by John Cooper Clark, his first album, which is in English, Where's the House of Cheese. Lionheart by Kate Bush and The Kick Inside, also by Kate Bush. The Man Machine by Kraftwerk. Stateless by Lene Lovitch. Um, Real Life by Magazine, Midnight Oil, Jesus of Cool by Nick Lowe, The Only Ones by The Only Ones, Easter by Patti Smith Group, Moving Targets by Penetration, Dub Housing and The Modern Dance by Per Ubu, um, Peter Gabriel's, um, Peter Gabriel, also known as Scratch, Atlantis de Amor by The Police, Public Image First Issue by Public Image Limited. Radios Appear by Radio Birdman. Road to Ruin by The Ramones. Can't Stand the Rosillos by The Rosillos. Uh, Ghosts of Princes and Towers by Rich Kids. And Now the Runaways by Runaways. Eternally Yours and Prehistoric Sounds by The Saints. Tell Us the Truth and That's Life, both by Sham69. The Scream by Susie and the Banshees. Do It Dog Style by Slaughter and the Dog. Squeeze by Squeeze or UK Squeeze. Um, Black and White by The Stranglers. The Suicide Commandos Make a Record by Suicide Commandos. More Songs About Buildings and Food by The Talking Heads. Adventure by Television. DOA, the third and final report of Throbbing Gristles. Power in the Darkness by Tom Robinson Band. Two-Way Army by the Two-Way Army. Tough Darts by Tough Darts. Systems of Romance by Ultravox. 
V2 by vibrators, chairs missing by wire, germ-free adolescence by X-ray specs, and go to and white music, both released by XTC. So, whew, <laughs> I got through it. I'm reading this off yeah. the I, my iPad. My iPad is saying 3% power, so I was just <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, trying to beat that. Hey, and you're sure you didn't miss anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure I got it all. All so, right, cool. There you go. It is so important to submit yeah. your top five um, for many reasons. Yeah. One is you help water down our list. So when Rob inevitably chooses the Rich Kids album as his number one album, mm. 78, mm -hmm. it won't do that much damage. So please I, I do, did. do yeah. get your list in. Yeah. Um and, and one last thing, I, I have in the past talked to a couple of people who have been apprehensive about submitting their list because they felt like their knowledge of all the releases was incomplete. Unless you host a podcast about this, pretty much everybody um, is going, going to have some blind spots with the albums released in 1978. So please don't let that stop you um no nobody's knowledge is going to be complete so just go with what you know right rob uh, yeah there's there's like 70 something albums out there you can only do you can only do five so yeah. uh you know reach in and grab a bunch that you really enjoy that you know you enjoy and pick the best out of those and chances are if it's at this point if it's not on your radar and, and you don't like love it then um you know, it's probably wouldn't end up on your top five, you know, even if you listen to it 10 times. So. Yeah, but band, bands like the Rich Kids, man, I mean, if you're going to vote for them, vote for them. Those guys <laughs> need all the help they can get. Yeah. <laughs> we, we laugh, but uh, so you, my equivalent of the Rich Kids is Nick Lowe's uh, Jesus of Cool. And there, Jesus there, of Cool. That's and right. there is a chance that that might yeah. get a vote or two. I, well, I don't think you, it's going to make the final list, but you never know. Hey, man, the way I see it, they were big enough to get on our podcast. That's Somebody's right. going to vote for them. Yeah, well, <laughs> Nick Lowe is an icon. Just, um, he is. He really yep, is. Yep. He said something smart one time. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I think I said something smart one time, too. Uh, what yeah. was it? Oh, yeah. Don't forget to submit your top five list. Oh, there is another thing. Also, uh, uh, you know, you might go to Apple Podcast and uh, uh, give us a, a review, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But submit your top five list first. First. You got it. All right, everybody. Next week, reminder, next week, Rob and I reveal um, our top ten lists. Will Rich Kids and Jesus of Cool make the cut? Who can you will say? be astounded. You will be astounded. <laughs> <laughs>